0: Hey, Sam. All right. We got it here, folks. I'd like to welcome you to our first inaugural uh, episode of the Cold Front, the real PFBL podcast. This is the podcast that this league deserves. My name is Sean McGinn, along with co-host Sam Jortz. Uh, we're just two ordinary guys covering and an extraordinary fantasy baseball league. Sam, say hi to our listeners out there.
1: Hey guys, how are you guys doing? Sam George here, uh, just ready to give you our thoughts here on the
0: PFBL and the 2018 season and everything we've seen. Yeah, Sam, what a first half we've had here, huh? I mean, what what have you seen as, as just a, a bystander for this league? I mean, it's it's everything you want in a league. I mean, there's controversy, there's competition, there's tanking, there's just
1: so many top
0: topics to go over here. I completely agree. I think, at least from my standpoint, I, I, I know coming into the year, there was a little concern over the, the power of the National League versus the American League. I think we've still seen a little bit uh, of, of a lopsided league, but i think the american league has really made strides here huh
1: yeah i think at at the top the american league has done some nice things with the tigers strengthening and the the i think the rangers have went for it you've seen another good season out of the mariners but at the bottom i'm still i'm still a little concerned with the al but I I like what I see from some of the rebuilding teams.
0: Yeah, I completely agree and you know folks, I do want to give you a rundown of how the the show will go. Um, I mean we're going to give a division by division breakdown uh, of the entire league starting with the west uh, both leagues central and then the east and then we will go into some mid-season awards, you know the best team, worst team so uh, we have a couple different awards then predictions for the rest of the year. I think that and a
1: special interview.
0: Interview, I didn't want to give that away, but we won't tell you who who it will be. But we will be uh, be calling in to one of our very very respected owners that we have um, in this league. So let's get started, Sam. We're gonna start in the AL West, where we have the Mariners out front um, by a game. But the Rangers hot on their tail. How do you see that that race going so far?
1: Uh, well, Sean, I and the Mariners are the experienced team. They've got a World Series championship in the inaugural season of the PFBL. so I, it's just going to be hard for Texas to overcome that 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 experience, that know-how, winning tough games down the stretch. I I wouldn't be surprised if Oakland makes kind of a charge i don't i don't want to write them out yet but this is a division that i think is going
0: to come down to the wire yeah i completely agree i uh, just speaking to your your comment on on oakland i know that they are uh playing the mariners this week haven't checked the scores yet i don't want to uh, you know publish this we're going to be publishing this on wednesday and, and have to retract something so we are going we are filming this podcast uh solely not looking at what's going on this week. Uh it's a tie, it's a tie game
1: but the Mariners have uh four
0: extra starts. Wow, so you never know. Wow. Uh speaking of teams in the AL, AL, West, the Rangers. Are they a team of cheaters, do you think?
1: Uh, some may say I uh, it's it's I don't know what the commissioner's office was thinking when after multiple suspensions for performance enhancers, Texas goes out and acquires
0: Ryan Braun. So uh, the Jewish cheater, I'm sorry for any any Jewish people we have in the league. Excuse us. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Mariners. I mean, like you said, they are a very experienced team. I think they they've reached the the playoffs twice in in two years of the league. Yeah, they have it. Do they have it in them?
1: Yeah, they're the class of the division, Uh, two division titles. Mike Duncan manager has done a real good job through the draft. And uh, has made a couple of moves here. And I I think he's got enough to hold off Texas. But
0: I, I think Texas is a, a buyer.
1: So you, there's some moves to be had here.
0: That's something that we've seen uh, the, throughout the first half of the year. Texas is not afraid to make a move. I, and and I like that. I think that's a great – he's been a great addition to the league so far. Uh, and, and, you know, I think any kind of movement, any kind of activity throughout the league, It is good for the league. Uh, The last team in the AL West, the Angels. When will they be relevant? Uh,
1: I I think the Angels have developed some very nice pieces. It's just, will it all come together at the same time ever? Uh, When you have a lot of projects, some are going to succeed, some are going to fail. It's about, you know, waves of guys. So I think we're seeing the first wave pay off it's it's how he brings up that second wave, I think.
0: I'll tell you who's been an absolute stud for him. His first pick in the Rule 5 draft, Eddie Rosario. It was a tough uh, loss the for the Braves.
1: Yeah, the Braves have done very well this season, as I'm sure we'll touch on, but yeah. that's a, that was uh, a little confusing why he was available, but it's good to see the Rule 5 helping those bottom teams.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And then the the big the big dog on, on the angels Shohei Otani. do do you have any at last I heard he may not need Tommy John do you think if, if how does this affect the Angels moving forward and not yeah, not I'm only the this PFB year
1: Angels I probably want him to have Tommy John I'm two and eight in in the PFBL right now I'm not making the playoffs let's get Tommy John out of the way so if I'm actually the Angels let's do Tommy John now. It's inevitable, and then hope he produces in the future when you're an actual contender.
0: I I I agree. I agree to that. We won't go into predictions yet for the division, so we'll move on. Uh, Anything well? Anything left that you have to say about the AL West without giving out a prediction?
1: I think we covered it, Sean.
0: Cool, cool. So let's move to the NL West. The top dog of the entire league, most points scored, undefeated, the Colorado Rockies. First question: Will anybody beat
1: the Rockies, uh, Sean? It it it's tough to say that anyone's going to have the firepower to take them down. Uh, this is a class organization. I think, you know, the best team on paper far and away. But yeah, as you've seen, two seasons in a row, they haven't won the World Series. So That's
2: true.
1: Um, the question: Will anybody beat them? I, I think so, but. You know,
0: it, if it's their year, they definitely have the horses. And how about them going out? Owner Sam Jordan is all, always active, always aggressive, going out and getting big John Lester on the Cubs. What a move. Huge move. I, the guy,
1: Sam Jordan, has shown that he's willing to pay the price for top-end talent, and,
0: and I think sellers have seen that, and he's one of the first calls, it seems. Yeah, and then that brings me to the age-old question. Uh, in sports similar to the UConn Huskies in women's basketball are the the PFBL Rockies bad for the PFBL
1: is UConn women bad for the WNBA was the Miami Heat bad for the NBA Uh, are the Yankees bad for the MLB I think every sport needs a villain and I think the Rockies have fulfilled that and uh, I think everyone loves that they haven't won a World Series, and and that's what people root for in the postseason.
0: Yeah, hey, similar to to the UConn Huskies, they haven't won in two years, I, I believe. So is, yeah. is Geno slowing down?
1: That's for another podcast.
0: <laughs> I completely agree. Next, we have the San Francisco Giants. Uh, are they are they done? What can can the Giants win the wild card? Do you think it's time to rebuild? Where do you think that that team's at?
1: Well, the Giants are owned by Sean McGinn. He's a great owner who's, he's never going to do a rebuild. He's going to rebuild on the fly. Um, So I'll say, no, it's not time to rebuild um, for him. I I think he's shown he's a buyer and I think his scouting department is added talent. So I think he's going to continue to buy and, the NL tough. It's very tough when we when oh. we touch on the NL East. You'll see why it's so tough with the wild
0: card. But the Giants are right in the mix. You're te- you are telling me. You know, currently two games out of the wild card. Um, I think you know, looking at their team, they're they're two ends of the spectrum. They're either very young, or you you got these guys at 32, 33. So it's it's tough to gauge. You know what this owner is going to do. Uh, I, I don't know if he really even knows currently, um, but he's got the young pieces looking at it. his his farm system. Continues to to add a couple guys here and there. I I think they're they're one loss away, maybe two, depending on how how the NL East shakes out. Like you said, uh, into looking into what what they're going to do. The third team in the NL NL West is your San Diego fathers, the Padres. So, question I have. Well, I have two regarding. First, Daniel Norris, the injured pitcher on the Padres. Is he absolutely off of his rocker? Have you checked his Twitter?
1: I have read a little bit about his Twitter, Sean. And uh, to me, he personifies the PFPL Padres. I don't really know what's going on. I don't know the direction of this team. Uh, You know... They're not a bad team. They're not a good team. I, you know, they have some okay future pieces. They have some okay now pieces. I, I just don't see a
0: direction here.
1: So I would say Daniel Norris is a perfect fit.
0: <laughs> I, that's, so that's funny. I, and then the la- the another question I have for him, obviously Michael Kopek is a big piece down on the farm for San Diego. When he comes up, is he the savior to this team?
1: uh you, I think they have to hope so um but you saw what happened with the PFBL Dodgers and and Alex Reyes you wait for a, an arm like that it's hilarious what risk. a shame
0: what a shame and, and just hearing the story about his daughter what a great quote from him i think it was you know she's fighting for her life i'm going to fight for my career what a what a story and, and
1: that leads us right into LA
0: yeah that does LA you know, about them. What's the plan? I, uh, I, I keep, I keep thinking, you know, Andy makes it, makes a good move and owner Andy Mason, I'm sorry. He makes a good move. Then he takes one step back. I think it, it's, it continues to be lateral for me in, in my eyes. You know, he'll he'll make a good move, acquire a couple young pieces. And then, then he'll make a, another trade like the Cozart and, and Pujols trade. Do I think he could have gotten more possibly for them? I do. I do.
1: Yeah. I, I thought he got an okay prospect there in Austin Hayes. You know, Pujols is an aging bat. Cozart's, you know, he's okay. I, I didn't mind that move as much. I thought you should have got more for Paul Goldschmidt, to be frank. Um, yeah. Especially he's your last, he's your last guy kind of standing. So you kind of hope you get maximum return for him. And I and I think if you would have waited to the deadline, let teams kind of situate themselves roster wise. I think he could have gotten a little bit more, but you know, he is committing to the rebuild. So we got to give him the benefit of the doubt.
0: And, and while we're on that topic, so rebuild tanking, whatever you want to call it, obviously it, it, it's a little prevalent in the league and, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. I, I don't want to get, get too heavy into it. When, when you're rebuilding at, at least in my eyes, it, Another great example is is the Chicago Cubs, you know, with Mookie Betts. Do do you try to hold on to that one piece if you're not getting the right deal to to be in your lineup, knowing that a guy that you know you know is going to get you 20, 15, 20 points a week and, and sort of lead your team, or or do you, do do you just give them up and try to you know hit on a fringe prospect? You think? Uh,
1: if it's Misha, I mean, first and foremost, you owe it to your fans. They have something to watch and, and, and frankly, you got to sell tickets. So Mookie Betts is a guy who puts butts in the seats. So I see why the Cubs held on to him and he's relatively young and very, very productive. So it, it's going to be hard to get fair value for Mookie. Um, I know personally through a source that the Rockies, uh, Colorado Rockies, actually offered the Cubs quite a package for Mookie and were denied. So wow. I think I think the Cubs are, are wanting to build around Mookie. I think they, unlike some of the other teams that have rebuilt, the Cubs still have a couple pieces that would give them huge returns. So I think if the rebuild isn't happening as fast as they might want, that's when we might see those, those other pieces sent.
0: Okay. And, and I mean, your, to your point, did, how, w- at what point do you say this is not, this is not moving at, at the pace that I'd like to like it to be? Is it year one? Is it year two? I, 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 I guess you need to gauge that with your, your fans and you know, are they becoming restless or uh, do they understand? Do they tr- quote unquote, trust the process? it's a it's a tough it's a tough uh it's tough definitely, bridge to balance.
1: It, it's definitely the risk of a rebuild it's it's you're 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 trading guy players fans know for for guys they've never heard of and you've got to convince them that you know years down the road you're going to be better off and so it's risky right. for a front office but i think the cubs are in good hands with phil and and i think they'll do a oh, nice absolutely. job absolutely
0: and we will we'll talk we'll talk about the cubs we will um, so next we are going to move to the AL central. Is this the worst team in the P or is this the worst division in the PFBL? Uh,
1: I think it's an improving division. I, I'd have to say if I'm being honest, long-term, I actually think the AL West.
0: Ah, oh, it, I, lo- I love a nice call out. Do it, do it, do it how you see it.
1: I guess there's some nice systems. I, yeah, I'd have to agree they're the worst. But I like what the Tigers have done. Um, and the oh, Royals, I think, absolutely. are in good hands. And the White Sox have developed some talent recently. So,
0: You know, talking about the Tigers, with, with them ha- having this big five-game lead already in the year, how do you keep your team competitive? How do you, you – I mean, going into that play, into the playoffs, I mean, you have to be – at your best at that time of the year in September, how do you keep them sharp, engaged, and, and, and ready for playoff? Well,
1: frankly, I, I don't know if there is a, a perfect formula for that. I mean, look at the Rockies uh, that happens with the PFBL Rockies each season. They get into the playoffs with huge divisional leads and they haven't came through uh, similar to the nationals in the MLB. So Uh, I think all you can do is create competition within your clubhouse and make sure guys know that their spot, you know, they got to work for their spot and they can't just get complacent. So, and I think Detroit's done that by bringing in the talent that they have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do do you think, do you rest your players at all?
1: I don't. I don't. Maybe my arms, maybe I rest my arms a little bit, but I, I
0: don't. Okay. Okay. So next in the divi- the division is the Chicago White Sox. Wow. I mean, I don't even know where to start with this team. I guess you start on the farm. Vladimir Guerrero junior V BG3. Are you concerned at all about the injury that, that happened this week with him being out?
1: I'm not, and, and I don't think there's a a more exciting prospect right now in our game, really. Um, I, I do think the White Sox – I I don't think they're all in on a strategy either. Um, I do like the fact that they You're try to stay me. competitive, but I don't know if that's I don't know where that's getting them.
0: Yeah, uh, well, Clayton Clayton Richard, he just had a great outing the other day. I mean, big game James. I think they keep trying to put keep trying to push him. I mean, get get him off the team. He's fucking terrible.
1: <laughs> hey, he's throwing good balls.
0: Fucking terrible. Oh God! Give me a break! A big game, James. Uh, don't worry. he'll come with a nice negative five start here coming soon. You have Eduardo Escobar, who's been a great piece. I will say that I I, I highly respect him. I think he, I mean he's really been one of the better third basemen in all of baseball to to start the year. And you I will I will admit that I gave Tim Anderson some shit uh, at the beginning of the year when the White Sox owners. Tried to declare him one of the best shortstops in baseball. I still don't think he's quite there. I think uh, our shortstop might be the best position currently in our game. Uh, you know, argue, you could argue right field. But I've, we got a lot of great shortstops in, in the league. I don't know if I go with the, the Tim Anderson.
1: Yeah, Eduardo's been phenomenal. Actually, he's outscoring Chris Bryant right now.
0: I Yeah, I'm telling you, I think he's been a phenomenal – basement next the twins i mean started off i think the year four and all uh, first is, is owner Corey topple alive uh, has anybody uh, heard from him?
1: Corey recently made a couple trades so i think he's he's alive and well he's experiencing fatherhood for the first time so i think uh, maybe fantasy baseball was on the back burner
0: yeah i could i could see that i, I mean with the hot start is the magic gone? If you, if you're Corey, what are you doing as an owner? Are, are you do? You, I mean, do you continue to push on and try to try to you know get to the wild card? Because well, actually, right now his, his I'm taking a look at his roster. He has an illegal roster, Corey. If you are listening, please make a change to your <laughs> roster. See if you can get under the uh, the max number of active players. Um but knowing that you are two games out of the wild card, do, do, you, do you continue to try to make those moves and, and make a push or do you, do you lay down and die
1: in the AL, Sean, I'm making the push in the NL. I'm considering not making the push. And I think that's the difference in the leagues right now.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, there are just, there, there's more volume and depth in the NL right now. Um, could could shift in a couple of years. I know the, the owner of the the Yankees, Tim Dillon, we'll get to the Yankees in, in a little bit. He's been a big proponent of, you know, it, it has ebbs and flows. It's cyclical as far as you know, good teams, bad teams. But we'll, we'll see how I think, like you said earlier, I, I, there are some good farm systems. And we'll get to my personal favorite farm system in a little bit. I think uh, the, this team's really built a great farm system. Um, but the, speaking of a good farm system, the last team in the AL central, the Kansas city Royals, new owner, w- uh, from what I heard, um, uh, from the commissioner's office, quite the bidding war. Um, but what do you think about the, them? Obviously they, they haven't scored a point the entire year. They, they've declared, you know, uh, we are not trying to win or score at all. Uh, this year, who's the best farm on the prospect? or who's the best prospect on the farm? KC.
1: Yeah, I and I Casey. think what I've heard about Hayden the the owner of KC is that he's very knowledgeable and and you could see that with the moves that he made. Uh he took a to be frank, desolate franchise and he's and he's given them hope. Oh, they he, were brutal. Yeah, last he's year. given them hope with all the draft picks he acquired and and all the deep round picks he made. As far as best prospects go, uh, hmm, he's.
0: I'll give you my here? favorite, Lewis Robert, okay. prospect on yeah, the White Yeah, very Sox.
1: nice bat. Project. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll give you my favorite guy. It would have to be a catcher. In the Dodgers system, or I'm sorry, the Kansas City Royals system, MJ Milan Milan does, does. <laughs> Yep, really like him. So yeah,
0: hit hit first catcher, hit first catcher. And I mean, as you know in this league, there's not that many great hitting catchers. If you if you find one, you gotta stick with one. Unlike the the Giants who who traded Buster Posey, their first pick in the entire uh, inaugural draft. So. We'll move on to the NL Central. Uh, my personal—I uh, did give you a little sneak preview of one of the awards, most surprising team, the St. Louis Cardinals. You know, at nine and one, second most points in the league. First question: How good is Jordan Hicks? Uh, from what I've seen, the, the the owner rant and rave about him. He's the next coming of Cy Young, <laughs> Nolan Ryan. You know, Oral Hershiser, any good pitcher you can put, to, you can think of, all combined into one.
1: Yeah, I think uh, St. Louis's owner is is very excited about their prospect, and and I think he's shown himself very well. Uh, but I'm not ready to crown him. Think, things in the bullpen, as you know, are are very season to season. I think guys will start to figure him out a bit, but. In his defense, he doesn't have many innings on that arm. It's electric movement, speed. So it's going to be very hard to to line him up.
0: Yeah, and I as far as looking at the lineup of the Cardinals, we, we talked about can anybody beat the Cardinals or beat the Rockies earlier? Are the Cardinals the team to do it?
1: I think the Cardinals are a threat. I think that they have very good depth at the major league level. I think they have the starting pitching that could go toe-to-toe with the Rockies. I think that's where most teams are going to come short is you think it's the lineup, but I think it's on the mound really, where you got to keep up with, with the Rockies. And I think St. Louis does have the arms to do that.
0: I absolutely do. And I think one of the keys to them, you know, making this run is can Andrew Miller come back and can Andrew Miller still be effective? Because right now they're, they have the two hogs in the pen in uh, Iglesias and Hicks. If Andrew Miller can come back and and be that you know one two inning guy that's going to get it get a hold, get a couple K's. I mean that adds twenty points at least to you, to your team a week. So that's going to be a big one for for the Cardinals as well as Can ben Attendee stay hot. I mean holy the the Red Sox outfield with. Benatendi, Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley Jr. They have been absolutely unreal. And then, how about Ozzy Albie's for the oh, Cardinals?
1: He's been the player stud. of the first half for them. I'd say,
0: stud, absolute stud. Second, the second question I have in regards to the NL Central: Which team? Who's the, best, the second best team in this division following the Cardinals? Is it is it the Pirates? Is it the Reds? I mean, what's going on in the, this division? Who who do you see as a possible threat to the wild card, if you do see one? But who, more importantly, who do you see as the second best team in the in the division?
1: I'd have to say the Reds, uh, very close. I think threat for the wild card. Neither team. I think the Pirates will continue to go for it. I think the Reds have conceded that they are not going to reach the playoffs again this year. But I do think the reds have a better roster mm-hmm. overall what are your thoughts Sean okay
0: I, I think with how the reds had their their actions through throughout the past couple of weeks with them stockpiling draft picks I think it should they're they're showing their their hand a little bit with you know maybe we're not going for it they've been great the, the past couple of years and, and then all of a sudden you know they're taking a step back any team that all, always had or already has Anthony Rizzo, already has uh, guys like Andrelton Simmons, who's, who's played absolutely unreal this year. Garrett Cole has been amazing. I think they have the chance to compete every single year. I, did, I think they, the the one thing that they're really lacking is that is pitching. I mean, behind Garrett Cole, what do you got? Alex Wood, who can maybe give you something. Cahill's been Pitching out of his ass, yeah. he, uh, Estrada. I don't know. Um, the The Kniebel injury early on in the the meaningless game against the Cubs that that hurt uh, I, for for a team that lacks pitching depth already. Having your 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 big horse go down, it's tough. But I think for a team that you know may not be doing well this year, but can, you can see them playing very, very well next year and wanting to, to maybe step into that next stratosphere. They have the pieces to make the trades, whether it be draft picks, whether it be prospects, or whether it be prospects that they pick up in this year's upcoming first-year player draft. So I think they, they, get, they, got, they got the pieces there.
1: Yeah, I, I don't uh, think the Reds uh, are a team that stays down for long. I think Rob Proyeska is going to get that team back up and
0: running. I I agree. So let's talk a little Pittsburgh Pirates, the Buccos. Yeah, obviously they made the move for Kozar and Pujols. Do you, where do you think that puts them in the scheme of things?
1: I, I don't think this year, Sean, and I, and I think it was a premature move. I, I don't necessarily think that they overpaid. I just think that they could have waited and got a very similar deal. Once the picture was more clear. I think they kind of, Acted, but maybe they're trying to act quick to try to get the advantage for more weeks, and then that remains to be seen.
0: Yeah, I I I agree, and I think I I want to say that the Pirates were the first team, and I think this was a great pick. So don't be. I want to preface this comment with that. I think the Pirates were the first team to pick a major league player in the Rule Five Draft, in Brandon Morrow, and what a pick! He has been for, uh, I mean, as the closer of the Cubs, he's been fantastic. He's been lights out um, scoring as far as points go for, for the pirates. He's been great. Mike Montgomery has really, uh, has has really pitched well of late. Think about, think Um, about
1: this, Sean, that the, if I'm, if I, well, he might not have even been the second, uh, major leaguer to go but the two most impactful guys from this year's uh, first player draft I would have to go with um, Mauro who I guess wasn't a first year player draft but was in the the pool and I'd have to go with uh, Mikolas um, St. Louis that's with Detroit now his yeah, impact has been absolutely. phenomenal and he, and he sat around in the
0: in the player pool for a long time oh my gosh absolutely I mean, and it shows some people really value those draft picks some people don't i mean to each your own, but I think you can there are quality guys that are available in that draft um, and if you are especially if you're a rebuilding team that needs to needs to stockpile um, some some assets those those draft picks man you can really you can really pick up some gems
1: yeah um, I do think there's there is plenty of talent to be had and that's encouraging for the, the teams at the bottom. And I think it is important to acquire those draft picks if you're going to rebuild.
0: And, and you know, that that's a perfect segue into our last team in the NL central, the Chicago Cubs. I mean, how far away are they? Uh, like we, we talked about Mookie at the way beginning of the draft or at the beginning of the podcast. We have Justin Bohr on this team. I mean, how far? Even Franchi Cordero has been a nice young piece. I mean, Austin Meadows has shown that he's 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 here and he's he's ready to play. DeGrom, similar to the the MLB Jacob DeGrom, is he available for a deal? Uh, I mean, he he can bring bring you back a hall. Does, does Phil Calabata, you know, decide to make the move and, and and get rid of DeGrom?
1: I'm not sure if he decides on the move. I do think he'd be willing to move him for the right package will the right package present itself i'm not quite sure um there's a couple teams that i think do have the prospect pool to do it a lot of those same teams it doesn't really make sense for them to do it so i think it's gonna have it's gonna take a club like the rockies or the the marlins or maybe even the braves or it's going to take a contending team with a very strong farm system who is also willing to give up a little major league talent, I think. Okay. So, so I think that's going to be tough.
0: Okay. I mean, so uh, we want to take a, a quick break from our division-by-division division breakdown to bring you our our interview. So this is the inaugural interview on the cold front. So we, I'm pleased to introduce you to Rob Prohaska, the owner of the Cincinnati Reds. Rob, how are you doing today? Good. How are you guys doing over there?
1: Good to hear from you, Rob. Sam Jordan on the line here. Uh, can you talk to us about the season so far? What are your feelings with your ball club? How do you feel the Reds have done?
2: Uh Tough season so far, a lot of, a lot of injuries, uh, got a few disappointments in player production, but overall, we're happy to see some of our young talent uh, coming around and possibly making a name for themselves in this league.
0: Rob, a question I have for you, that's something that we've seen in the past couple of years, is Anthony Rizzo starting off to a slow start. How does that affect your team um, within the first couple of months, waiting for him to get going?
2: Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of tough having a, having a slow start. You had a, you had a disabled list stint for about half a month there as well. Um, it affects the, uh, you know, it affects the, uh, first couple of uh, games of your season, which are kind of critical and kind of determine, you know, where your team is going to take you at the beginning of the season.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree I think it's got to be tough especially for you I mean you you take a couple initial losses I don't want to attribute them solely to Rizzo because you know he's going to come around as he's, he's already started but um, sure. as far as, as as far as the the farm goes and, and you've had an exciting week the, the past week Jalen Beeks got his, had his major league debut how did you feel about it anything promising from him Did, what, what were your thoughts on on his initial uh case <laughs> of the big leagues um honestly I thought
2: it was kind of a surprise call-up you know it was, a, it was one of those uh, spot starts and uh, you know the, the expectation going in there I guess was uh, you know yeah. hope for the best and see what he does it's nice to give him a good look at the majors but you knew he was going back down at the end of the day
1: yeah hey Rob uh, question for you just before the season, you, you had to think the Reds were were going to be right in that playoff push uh, like they have in previous seasons. And I don't mean to write you off for this year, but how does, as an owner, do you kind of self-assess your team in the middle of a season where you had high expectations and kind of refocus your energy more towards the future. Is is that a tough process to accept and to figure out how to put into place or did you is it pretty obvious once you're ready to start going in <laughs> a different direction?
2: Um, well, during the off season we were thinking about, you know, taking the team during to a different direction and uh part of the process is starting to move guys that, you know, just aren't gonna fit the general direction of that club anymore. Um and it starts with uh, guys that are performing well, such as uh, John Lester, who ended up being dealt last week.
0: How tough was that, Rob? How do what do you think of your uh, of the return you got? Obviously, you got a lot of draft picks from the Rockies. Do you think you, you got enough, or Were you asking for more? How did how did dealing with owner uh, Sam Jort? How did that go? I thought it
2: went all right. Little, I thought it went pretty smooth. Um, I think we got a good return out of it. Uh, we're looking forward to. Brent Rooker, who's kind of starting to warm up a little bit in double A, I think. And, um, you know, the the picks can go either way. It's just going to be about, you know, I guess it gives us new opportunities during the draft to see who's available and who's what we think we're going to get value wise out of that pick.
0: Great. Great. So the next Rob, we know that you've been very, very vocal in, uh, in the past about some rule changes do you do you have anything? What have you seen so far in the, the the first half of the year that you think could possibly change, should possibly change? We what do you think have about that? Anything <laughs> right
2: now that we uh, are aggressively pursuing? But uh, uh, one thing we think that maybe should be addressed is the the new roster limit that's coming and the elimination of IR spots. Um. I think maybe some teams may feel strongly that the IR spot should remain. Um, I certainly do like the, the increase in players, but maybe some player teams that get a DL guy are going to want to continue to compete and look for that uh, guy on the waivers that they can pick
0: up from week to week. Well, uh, Rob, if you think about it uh, and you know, we, we can certainly have the discussion. I mean, with with the move to 38 you're you're netting one guy so i mean that, that's a counter argument to 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 your point i mean what what do you say to that
2: I, i'd say that the 38th guy is going to be you know utilized very differently between teams you know you're going to have your rebuild teams that are going to solely pick up a prospect and you i think this time around you're going to have uh competing teams complaining that they don't have enough roster spots to field another guy because they're using it as a prospect. <laughs> kind of like yeah. what we're doing now with the teams that aren't happy because they, uh, the good teams are getting a prospect to put on to add to their team because the IR spot is in their favor.
1: Okay. Rob, uh, you know, you've got a lot of, street crowd going on the rule suggestions because i think overall the rule five has been i would call it a smashing success from where i'm where i'm at and that's what i've heard from other
0: owners he here here we have talked about it earlier in the and, the, podcast and that was kind
1: well. of your your brainchild so i think you'll have the ear of of other owners on this and we'll, we'll have to see where that goes
2: absolutely love to hear it
0: So Rob, the n- next question that we have. Uh, so there's been a little controversy last week. You uh, had an illegal roster. From from what we heard, it, it was I, I don't want to say on purpose, but knowingly done. At at what point do you have to question the moral code or your ethical code or co- compass? When when trying to balance you know what how, how you're operating your team. Um are,
2: are you referring to it in in this
0: instance? <laughs> well, you know, any instance that, that you, you knowingly uh do something illegal.
2: Um tough question. Uh in regards to lineups, I would say, you know, you're you're responsible for your own lineup. Um, the Reds have a little philosophy over here. We've tweeted it before, and it's win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. So we're always <laughs> going to look for that uh, competitive edge, and we're going to leave it up to our uh, our peers to, uh, you know, call us out on our on our mistakes. We may make mistakes, and we might do it on purpose, but we're going to sometimes leave it up to our opponents to figure that out.
1: We can respect that. I think on the podcast here, I I think. Frankly, you paid the price. You took a loss. Um, I, so, and in
2: that instant, I took a loss because um, I, I certainly could have won that week. I calculated out my points: three hundred and three uh, would have beat the Nationals by seventy-two points. Would have been a big win for the Reds. And uh, at the t- at the moment, we weren't is feeling there, too confident. Is there about any there? Them. Um, a little bit. I mean, it would have put us at five and six, going into a nice little. Head-to-head rivalry matchup against the Cardinals. Um,
0: what was the thought process behind it? Any reasoning to uh, to doing uh, that?
2: Well, the Dodgers had reached out to us on a uh, Friday or Saturday night, made us a nice little offer. I considered it.
0: You've been doing yeah. a little drinking oh, Saturday
2: absolutely. night. Uh, <laughs> Bob saw the trade. Kind of, kind of liked it, and thought I was going to, you know, give us some new opportunities. And uh, I accepted it and it put us over the uh, player total. Um, but the, we did that knowing that we might be able to move some of these players and acquire some new pieces.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Uh, another thing that you've been pretty vocal about is the ownership of the Texas Rangers um, do you do you have any suggestions on on possible new owner screening? You know, as I know a, a rumor that's come out of the commissioner's office has been expansion. I mean, what do you see is the most effective way to either add, add new owners via expansion or add new owners via you know a, a previous owner dropping out?
2: Um. Uh, first, I'd like to say that you know I think the commission does an excellent job evaluating these players and bringing the best of the best into the league. Um, at the time, I was I think I was uh, venting a little bit and coming up with these crazy solutions to maybe come and do it some. You rob? I can't see that. Doing out some of you. sort of evaluation to make these uh, owners a little bit more. Uh, Competency checked, and background checked, and credit checked, and piss (laughs) tested—the whole nine yards. Oh, piss test would uh, be interesting. And uh, I think that was just more of a little vent process than anything else.
1: Well, Rob, we can respect a man who who is honest with us here on the podcast. So we appreciate your candid response. We we got to finish up here, Bob, with the most pressing question i think in the entire pfbl um there's been a nice rivalry that's formed between you and the miami marlins can you explain the beef between the two the two ball clubs
2: honestly i'm not sure what the beef is between the two ball clubs i feel i think the reds feel you know uh attacked in certain instances just kind of out of the blue by the marlins um couple examples that we have are the uh uh, PFBL winter meetings where the the chicken shit was not in attendance and responded <laughs> with uh, fuck the reds or not fuck the reds or fuck a, go fuck a fat bitch like what is that even that's just out of nowhere
0: and then that's, uh, uncalled that's for incredible
2: yeah yeah you know just simple things you know like you ask for the uh, what the draft order is for you and the only one that replies is uh, the Marlins and it says fuck you. Like, <laughs> I think, unfortunately, I think there's a direct message there and it all comes down to the boiling water of me not trading with him.
1: Okay. Some teams do hold that against you and Miami's been known to to be that way. Uh, Final question here, Rob. Your team's Twitter, uh, the PFL Reds, is is very interesting. There's been some viral tweets uh, within the league. Is, it, is that you, the manager running that Twitter account? Is it? Can you reveal um, who? who comes I, up I that handle book? the
2: uh, managerial duties of the Reds. Um, the social media director <laughs> of the Reds organization refuses to come forward at this time and will not be doing so.
1: Okay, oh, okay Bob. It um, is
2: not me, though. So.
1: We respect that, uh, your privacy. And, and Sean, anything else uh, you want to ask Rob here before we let him go?
0: no just a just a, an observation you know the it's funny that the the social media director of the reds won't come forward along with the pfbl troll uh, just, i'm not saying anything but uh, you know could be similar similar people
2: not not the troll you guys can. You, know, if you had your background checks, piss tests, credit checks. You know, you'd very much find that it's not me.
1: Okay, Rob. Well, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being the the first ever uh, interview here on the podcast. Uh, we were honored
0: to have
2: you. And and, and what's the name of this future. podcast?
0: The Cold Front. Not gonna. Yeah, not going to say it's an abs- a, a shot at the hot flash, the previous podcast uh, of the PFBL, but, you know. <laughs> well, well, thanks for
2: having me, guys. I appreciate it. I was happy to come on. Uh, giving a final shout out there to, you know, fuck the Reds. And, hey, sack. who's on first?
1: <laughs> I thought we'd clear the air there, but uh, the rivalry goes on. Thanks a lot, Bob. All
2: right, good talk, guys.
0: Bye. See. And that, folks, is was the owner of the Cincinnati Reds, Rob Bob Prohaska. What a guy, great, Sam?
1: Huh? huh? Sean, very candid from Rob. He's a he's a hard guy to get on the record. Um, so I'm glad we could get him right here on the podcast for our listeners and and finally put some some truth. Uh, to some of the thoughts from the Reds.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that the rivalry ran so deep between the the Marlins and the Reds, but it sounds like the Mar- it, it might have started with the Marlins. We might have to get him on our next podcast see see his response to to Bob. Yeah, I,
1: I thought from previous interactions with with Bob that uh, he seemed calm about a lot of these these issues, and and I. I feel like he's got a good point on, on many of them. So I'd be interested in Absolutely. seeing what the Marlins had to say and if how long this beef continues.
0: Absolutely. So, But let's get back to our our division rundown. So next, we're going to the East, baby. Let's start in the AL. The AL East, again, the Yankees division. Only two-game lead through the first half of the year. Uh, do you think first, do they, they outlast the Orioles and the Red Sox? And then second, if they do, can they get over the playoff hump this year?
1: I do think they outlast the Red Sox. Um, I I don't really like this Yankees ball club. I think, I think there is a lot of talent there. I just don't see the role players that are in place to make this thing happen. I don't think their pitching's deep enough either. I think the Tigers are clearly stronger, uh, and maybe even whoever comes out of the West is gonna be a very similar team. I'd say.
0: Well, you know, so you talk about role players. Where do you think they can really improve? I mean, they have the they have their three Jose's who have all been great. You can maybe say Jose Altuve's had a semi-down year, but that's because. Of the expectation he's created over the past couple of years, I mean, where do you think they improve the outfield? That might be a I nice spot. I think the outfield and the
1: utility roles are are huge holes in their lineup. Victor Martinez, Ian Happ are averaging under two points a, a per game. I don't think I don't think Ian Desmond has been as good as maybe he's be paying him for. Um, I, I like Matt Olson uh David Peralta's probably been fine. So I think you got two spots there, but but I I'm, I'm not a big Ross Stripling believer, Carlos Rodon, you got injuries to Stroman, Ozuna, Familia, um you know, so if you look up and down this lineup, I just don't the pitching, Domingo Germaine on the Yankees you got pitchers averaging six points, five points per start. And you're depending also on Chessine and Milwaukee, who's had a nice year by his standards, but I don't see that lasting either. So short of them adding some pitching, which in their defense, Rich Hill and Stroman are hurt. So maybe those will be the additions. Yeah.
0: I think, I mean – you first look at in their bullpen, well, in Toronto specifically, losing Strowman, losing Ozuna early in the year, I think those are huge holes to fill. I don't know if they've done it quite yet. Obviously, they have Verlander, who is an absolute horse at the top of the rotation and can probably carry the damn team himself. But I like you, I don't see the pitching depth. I think they need to go out and get an arm or two. I think owner Tim Dillon knows that. But my next question is, do they have the pieces? I think Garrett Garrett Hampson is a nice piece. Jose Siri is a nice piece. Sean Murphy, the catcher in the Oakland uh, organization, is a nice piece. Obviously, Kyle Lewis, I think, is personally a very, very underrated uh, prospect. So I think they have the pieces It. Is Tim going to be going to want to get rid of those those pieces to to really push it again this year? And like we've said before, in a weaker AL.
1: Yeah, if I'm Tim, I'm I'm going for it right now. I do think he doesn't have the prospect talent to add a, an impact arm without dipping into his major league talent. So I think he needs to select carefully the major league talent on yeah. his roster that's expendable and use them to get a top notch arm. Okay. This is okay. one of those teams though. I think if he uses some major league talent, I could see him targeting at the like we spoke about earlier.
0: Yeah. Uh, wow. And there's Can a good relationship
1: the there between Phil and Tim.
0: Yeah. That that may come into effect. Can you imagine the Gram going across Across the city from Flushing to the Bronx. Holy cow.
1: That's You don't see that often.
0: So the next team, the division rival, the Boston Red Sox. Another year of, of just injuries galore. Do you think they need to fire their training staff?
1: If they haven't already, they should, Sean. This is a team who... Every year you look at the roster, you say that's a pretty good roster.
0: Um, underachieves every yeah. year. I, I mean, I think this roster is great. I personally think they're they're possibly the best roster in this division currently. And, um, but I, I just I don't know what. Why are they not good uh, outside of injuries?
1: What I'll say, Sean, is, and this is just my opinion, but. I just don't think they have the top-end talent, or, or it hasn't been healthy. They have a lot of very nice players that are missing the superstars. You go through this lineup, everybody looks nice, you know, but who's the star in the lineup? Xander Bogarts, Eugenio Suarez, hardly superstars in our game. And then you look at his staff, same thing. We got a lot of 13, 14 points per start. But who's the ace outside of Syndergaard who's been hurt? So I think if he got a full season of Syndergaard, maybe you see the star power bring him through. But lack of star power is, is probably my my main reason that they're not achieving what we think they can.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a shame. I mean, Cody Allen in, in the back end of the bullpen. Noah Syndergaard obviously is a stud. Yavaldi's p- pitched very well so far this year. I, I've, he's been a, a pleasant surprise in, in the three games that that he's come back from. From Tommy John, Danny Salazar. I don't know when he's p- supposed to come back, but I, Soroka's been great. I, I for some reason Tanner Roark. I mean, I just don't know why they're not good. I, I think they have such a consistent team that, like you, like you said, they're they're not going to come out and get get you a thirty point start. But I mean two fifteens are just as good as a 30. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like my philosophy with women. Two fives are a 10.
1: (laughs) I would, I don't know if I'd agree there uh, (laughs) per se, but I will say there's something to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It sounds good.
0: So next the Baltimore Orioles, I I prefaced way back in the podcast. I I know we're, we're running long here um, about my favorite farm system and, in the PFBL, the Baltimore Orioles. F- Again, two games out of the wild card. When does Jim Thomas, owner Jim Thomas, say, you know what, I'm going to go for it, or do, you, do, do they pull the raids back and, and you know continue to build the, the farm system? I think he's done a great job so far. I think I saw one, one thing early on in the year that he had seven of the top 25 prospects in baseball uh, within his farm system, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, what, what do you do if, if, if you're him do, you, do you, you go all for it Bellinger's getting hot now I mean Starlin maybe with a change of scenery I, I've heard he he may be be moving away from Miami Solaire's had a great year so far what do you do you go for it do you not I, I mean obviously he's missing two starting pitchers do you, do you try to fill out the, the the rotation what do you do
1: very interesting Sean i think i think you got to continue on this is the best looking rebuild we've seen probably in league history uh you know and it's not successful yet but he's accumulated uh, very top end talent through strategic trades and drafting so but as you said he's two games out and he's got the pieces he can get a gram in a second he goes and gets the gram You know, I don't know who else is out there right now, but he grabs two top end starting guys, and all of a sudden he's the team that's chasing down the Yankees. So, if I'm Jim, though, I think I hold on. I let some of these guys come up. I think you got to make decisions on which one of these guys to trade eventually. So, you need to locate the stars, trade the role guys before they're you know, prospect type wears off and fill in the slots.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, just, I, I think we, you and I talked, both touched on it earlier. Um, it's personally, uh, if I were an owner in this league, I mean, I go for it. I, I there, yeah. there's the, the, the gap between the Tigers. I, I trust me. I think the Tigers are a great team, but the Tigers and a team like, so the Orioles, if they can acquire a DeGrom, if they can acquire... I mean, that's what re- would, would require the whole world uh, to, to well, acquire him. Well, who knows?
1: But, if he starts this process week, a week earlier, maybe he grabs a Goldschmidt. Maybe yeah. he's in play for a Lance McCullers. Maybe, you know, like we said, DeGrom. Uh, who else has moved? John Lester. He could have been in play for. So... Definitely. Yeah. I, I would agree with you, Sean, you know, say he makes all those moves, which he's got the firepower to make those moves. Absolutely. He's right there. He's, he's one of the best. He's either one or two in the AL.
0: (laughs) I agree. The last team, the Toronto Blue Jays. I I mean, a team that that's historically been all right in this, in, in our league. And but they they've struggled this year. Uh, why do you think that is? And and then with the struggle, do you think got a guy like David Price or Daniel Megden or or even a Bud Norris who's been great in, in St. Louis's bullpen? Do any of those guys become available? Do they start the rebuild? I mean, they have they have a couple of nice young pieces, but build build upon those to to really fill out this this farm system.
1: Yeah, I think this is a team that is is kind of again, maybe lacking in direction or hasn't committed one way or the other. I do like the trade of bum Gardner. I think they got talent back, uh, mm-hmm. who's producing at both the minor league and major league level. Um, I do think this roster does have good talent, young and old Wilson Contreras. Uh, you know, I'm a Lewis Brinson believer, even though he hasn't been very good. Um, T. Oscar Hernandez who we he got has been very good uh, so I, I think this team needs to make more moves I think they need to be more active and I think you'll see them come back to being about a 500 club I don't think they have the talent right now to, to do a quick overhaul
0: Yeah, I, I see this team as being similar to the Cincinnati Reds and Rob Perhaska's team as a team that's you know, they're right there. Uh, Maybe they, they've, they've taken a couple bumps and bruises on the year, but I think their turns around pretty quickly. Uh, If, if they can make the right move, maybe acquire one, one guy that's on the cusp of being in the majors, but we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what's going on with them. Now, the last division that we, you know, they're last for a reason. These are four juggernaut teams, the NL East. Uh, my eyes, the best division in in the PFBL. Who do you think is coming out of this division alive? Or do they just eat each other
1: up? Well, you see it, Sean. They're eating each other alive. Look at Miami. Arguably, you could make a case that they're the second best team in the NL. And you look at that division standings, they're in last place. So... You know, you got the Mets, who I think have surprised people this year. I always like their Rockster, um, yeah. But we'll we'll touch on each team. But uh, it's it's well. Let's be the start best. there.
0: Let's yeah. start there with the Mets. Do you, are are they your biggest surprise in the, in this this league so far?
1: They have to be. They have to be out of that division. I think they've been eaten alive by bad schedules past seasons. I think they've had good rosters. And and finally, this year they're catching the breaks.
0: Yeah, I mean, Hosmer's getting catch, catching a little fire here. JD Martinez has been an absolute stud. Javi Baez on the Mets having a yeah. great first half of the year. Um, I mean, and and then the pitching that that, that they've gotten uh, still not top notch. Sean Mania has been phenomenal. Uh, I do think he can add one bullpen guy. He he did add Bartolo Colon, which uh, everybody likes. Big, sexy, um, a great presence in in in, in any ball, any. Um...
1: JD Martinez has been yeah phenomenal. Three point G- nine points your game.
0: Yeah, JD. I mean, the guy can hit. Uh, do Do you think the the Mets come out of that division?
1: The thing I'll or- say is the Mets are pretty maxed out. I don't see outside of Suley Matthias, his prospect currency, maybe Tapia, yeah, he might be able to spin. So he's got about one move in him. I think the lineup, I mean, that's probably the second best lineup in the PFBL top to bottom behind only the Rockies. Um, I think if he adds the right pitcher, um, or you know, if Alex Cobb cleans up his act in Baltimore, I think this team gets even better.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I I, I like you said. I I think that, you know they they've performed very very well so far. Can they can they maintain this or sustain it through an entire year? It, I mean, it's going to be tough. Especially in that division, we'll, we'll talk about who we think comes out of each division, and a little what what a tough tough second half of the year that they have, and, and I, I'm looking forward to this whole this whole race. We'll move forward next, talking about the reigning World Series champs, then Washington Nationals, owner owner by owned by Kyle Jackowitz. Yeah. What do you think? Another great first half of the year for for Kyle and the Nationals. I mean, Aaron Judge always always a stud in the middle of that lineup. Alex Bregman's had a great year as well. Rendon's taken a semi step back, but he's still producing. Obviously, a big hole missing with Jonas Cespedes. Does when he comes back, does this team have the juice to to repeat?
1: I don't think so, Sean, and, and I'm going to make a bold prediction right here on the podcast. I don't think the Nationals are going to make the playoffs. I think that division that are going to be the out team out this year. I think wow. Atlanta and Miami are going to push them. I think the Mets are here to stay, and it's it's nothing against the nationals. It's just I want to be bold, and i just I just think there's a chance this team misses out on the playoffs altogether.
0: Wow! Wow! I, dude, so I mean, the Nationals—they've—they've they've been known to be aggressive. Uh, that's true. And they, Bundy last year. Do Do you think they have another? I mean, they still have some young pieces. Do you think they have another moving in them? I mean, Kyle Tucker's a great piece to move. Uh, I mean, Corey, Corey Seager's on, on the on the DL. I mean, that that obviously hurts. But I mean, acquiring somebody in, in that shortstop spot that's while pregnant, playing short. And
1: I want to preface that prediction with. That's as the team's currently stand right now. He does have okay. the firepower to go out and get somebody. He's the guy who's very much in play for DeGrom if he oh. gets the right pieces uh, in order.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. I, I, I love the prediction. You know, The reigning World Series champ does not make the playoffs. I mean, I, I'm not going to say I disagree. Uh, I think anything can happen, especially in that division. We're, hey, we're, if, you, yeah.
1: if you follow my other predictions at the beginning of this season, I had the Cardinals uh being the team to beat in the NL Central, and I had the Detroit Tigers being the AL World Series uh representative. So both of those are looking pretty good right now. So wow. Two for uh, two. Don't mean to toot my own horn here, but toot toot.
0: <laughs> that a boy. That a boy. Next we'll we'll go go down to Hotlanta. The Atlanta Braves, I mean, offensive firepower is there. They can swing the bats with the best of them. Rotation, they have four great starters. Do they have that fifth starter? Can they go out and get that, that fifth starter to really I, round out I the rotation? I think they're going to have to
1: go out and get it. I think these teams are going to have to decide very soon. Am I, am I serious about this? Because I need to buy. Everyone in the NLs who wants to win needs to be buying.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: the other teams will be.
0: Yeah, I, I again it's it's a division that, that eat eats each other alive. I I think, you know, who who comes out of there as, as the largest Hannibal or cannibal I should say. I like, um, you like that, thank you. Um I, I think that that somebody needs to go out and make a move and and say, you know, our team is here to say we are not fucking around. It can that be the Braves? I, I think Michael's got it you know? in mean, him. Yeah. Does, do. does he have the pieces to that that he can move uh, I mean, outside of Armenteros on the on the farm? Uh, do 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 I like these these prospects? Maybe maybe not. Whip Merrifield is always a a name that that gets tossed around a, as trade pieces. Sure. Um But I, offensively, I don't I don't know if I want to touch that lineup. I think you know their 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 lineup real mutual. You got Mustakis who is who's been great so far d gordon has been great i mean leanis martin unreal the the rookie anduhar i don't know what i don't know what i change in, in the lineup i think it's it all comes down to the staff can can he get a guy to to, to go with nola and, and snell
1: that's it's it's i would agree with your analysis his lineup is is overachieved or maybe just achieved but Another thing is he has very nice depth, so even if he incurs an injury, he's got guys that will slide right in. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. And then the last team that we have not covered yet in in our, you know, division-by-division breakdown has been the the Miami Marlins. Same story this year. You know, a lot of points – but the the points are not translating to wins. What is going on in, in Miami? Why can they not figure it out? Is it the culture down there? Is it the heat? You know, is it there? What, what's going on?
1: I mean, if you're owner Brandon Sicona, you've got to be unbelievably frustrated. Oh, you feel the team I last year who scores the most points and you missed the playoffs. And now you're in last place this year. Where does he go sean what what does he do and
0: and no brandon as a natural lack of of aggressiveness i mean the guy's always looking to make a deal but you bring up juan Soto who's been unreal he has a great farm system as well i mean old young this team's got it, but i just i don't get it they 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 choke them. Away. They choke away wins. They they have these big putouts where where you're at 350 points, and then you'll get this dud where you you have 125 points, and it's like, what's going on? I I can't figure it out.
1: Yep, that's it's. If we're frustrated by it, I can't imagine what Brandon feels. Brandon's gotta be pulling his hair out. Yeah, exactly. Is that exactly. is that all the divisions there, Sean? Is it time to move on to our next? Segment, little mid-season awards. Absolutely. You want to do a rapid rapid fire on the mid-season awards? I
0: I read them out,
1: you give me yours, then you read them out, and I give you mine. Let's do it. Okay, Sean, best team so far?
0: It's got to be the Rockies. Worst team? uh, I think it's – for. I don't want to say the Royals just because they haven't, they haven't, you know, tried. I mean, I got to go to the Dodgers at this point. I'm sorry, Andy.
1: Most surprising team?
0: I give it to the Mets.
1: Okay, biggest disappoint- disappointment?
0: I I think the Cubs. I at the beginning of the year I thought they. I don't think that I don't agree with the rebuild. I thought they they had a, a team that could compete, especially in that NL, NL Central.
1: Okay, best farm?
0: I give it to the Baltimore Orioles.
1: Bonehead transaction of the year, if you could think of one.
0: Uh, I wish it was it was last year with Andre Ethier getting picked. Oh, uh,
1: that's league legend.
0: Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's. I don't want to call it a bonehead move, but I, I think Andy could have gotten a little bit more for Pujols and Cozart. I think, okay, uh,
1: and that's fresh on the mind, so I get it. Yeah. All right, league rookie of the year.
0: Um, it's got at least for the, for the American League, it's got to be Clay I think he, okay. he's in Oakland. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Saiyan, who's your Saiyan this year? Within that,
0: it's got to be Scherzer. Scherzer okay. has been an absolute animal in Colorado. Yep, the
1: strikeouts have been unbelievable. How about the league MVP to wrap this up?
0: I might give that to Scherzer too. I mean, he—I think he's—he's he's striking out at, at a clip that believable. And I think I—I want to say last I checked, he had the most points scored in, in the entire league.
1: Yeah, that's correct. He's the top point getter.
0: Okay, so Sam, let, let's do this. Your best team, Rockies. Yeah, I, I think that that's a consensus. Worst team. Uh,
1: you made a compelling case for the Dodgers. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say the Dodgers too. I I just think the state of that franchise is is not in the same place as Casey and the Cubs.
0: Andy, Andy, you hear us here. Yeah. We, we have full faith that, <laughs> that you're going to improve that ball club, but let let's get that thing moving, baby. Most surprising team.
1: Mets hundred percent. The Mets
0: a yeah, big appointment.
1: I think it's, I'm going to say the Reds and, and, and I only say that because I had high expectations for them. And I know Rob's a guy who has high expectation for his team, so to see where they're at right now, that'd be my disappointment.
0: Rob, that was not me. I promise. <laughs> Best farm.
1: I think it's the Orioles clearly.
0: Eloy Rogers down on the farm. I I think they you know they're just studs. I I really like their farm. Uh, the Bonehead transaction of the year, if you can think of one.
1: Right now, to be honest with you, it's it's looking like the Rockies' deal for Robbie Ray. Gave up five oh. top 100 guys, uh, including Angry. a guy, uh,
0: Joe Adele. Joe yeah.
1: Adele, who's looked great, and Robbie Ray's on the shelf. So that remains to be seen, but so far, that's looking like a
0: you know, I might have to retract my, yeah, uh, my my original pick. I think, uh, yeah, that's that was a tough one. I didn't agree with that at the time, and obviously still early, uh, and we'll see how Robbie Ray returns. But yeah, that's a good one, Sam. Nice one.
1: And then Lead? all our answers the rest of the way were the same. Rookie of the year, I go Torres, and and I think Scherzer has been head and shoulders above everybody. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, he's. Uh, he he just comes out and just strikes guys out. at it? Crazy clip. Predictions for the rest of the year. We'll go into the races in question. Uh, obviously, like for example, like the the NL West um, and anything really above a four game lead, we we're gonna avoid. But we'll start the AL East. What? Who do you think comes out of that? Do you, do you think the the Yankees hold up, hold off the Orioles and Red Sox? You think either one's got a shot? Uh, AL
1: East. I'm gonna stick with the Yankees. I think as am I. I think the Red Sox are the only team in play there.
0: Yeah, yeah, as am I. But I mean, again, I I think think the the Orioles. Yeah, yeah. The 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 Orioles have the pieces. The Red Sox, if they can figure out, you know, how how to take care of their players, maybe they got a shot. But I I think owner Tim Dillon's gonna make come out and make a move uh, and, and acquire somebody to really put them over the top. The AL West. Uh, out west, you got the Rangers, you got the, the Mariners, and then you got the A's. Three, only three games back. Anybody got a, shot? They got a shot to catch them? Or the Mariners, I, is it a two-horse race?
1: I think this is the best race in the p f b l outside of the NL East. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think Seattle holds them off in the end, but don't sleep on Oakland. I know they're three games back, but there's a lot of big matchups coming up.
0: Well, if they can get Kershaw back, I mean, Kershaw is one of the guys in in our league that can that can can change yeah, an entire organization. And it, absolutely, absolutely. Next, we have the
1: analyst. I I'm gonna let you predict this one, Sean, because I just
0: I just can't. Uh, it's too close to call. So this is where you and I differ a little bit. I think it's the Nationals. I, I have faith in, in Kyle and, and that organization to come out and, and make a deal, um, acquire somebody uh, so at some point in the second half of the year. That's going to come out and, and help them win this division.
1: Yeah, I, I Kyle's shown that in
0: the past. So, come on, let's see. He, let's hear it. You can't. You can't make a prediction.
1: Give me the, give me the Marlins. To be honest with you. Give me the Marlins.
0: Zach, there it is. There it is. Two games back, Zach. I, I believe in you, but I think you, you still play second fiddle to the Nationals. The AL wild card. Right now leading is the Rangers, but you have a lot of teams. Two games back of them. Do they hold Do they hold off everybody?
1: I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say the Red Sox put something together. They put a run together.
0: Wow! Holy moly! Hey, you—you you believe in the the training staff? I don't see I, that's not as far fetched as I as that comes out of my mouth. But I I think the Rangers—they they have just a little too much firepower. Um, I think they they're at third in the AL in points scored. Um, so I, I think they, they have too much firepower as far as as the the Red Sox catching them. And then the last race, the NL wildcard. Currently, the, the Braves and, and Mets, or I'm sorry, not the Braves and the Mets, the Nationals and the Mets are tied at 8-2. I think it's the, the that's loser that's
1: Well, I don't want to discount the Giants or maybe mm-hmm. even the Pirates. I don't see the Pirates getting into it. The Giants, it's going to be the Giants and whoever's last over in the NL East. And I think it's just the second place team in the NL East
0: yeah that's that's where i'm leaning as well i i think the, the with the giants starting two two games back it's similar to the marlins I, I think with with 10 games to go i can they pick up can they pick up enough games in in, in 10 weeks it, it's it's just tough to pick up that many that many ball games without making you know, drastic changes to your your team I, I think at this point in the year you sort of know what you got um so as far as, as buyers and sellers, do you, do you have anybody that that you can predict a, as a buyer and, and, and the team that should sell?
1: I think those teams have already identified themselves, to be honest. I think you're going to see the same list of buyers and the similar list of sellers.
0: Okay. And then the last, the last thing that I got for you is sec- the second half what is the number one matchup you are looking forward to seeing
1: probably cardinals rockies week 17 could be a preview of the uh, nlcs
0: yeah that could be the best shot that any team has of beating the rockies in, this, in the second half i'll tell you i'll tell you that the the matchup i'm looking forward to seeing the most Braves Mets i Week 20, I think the NL wild card comes down to that, that. last week. How crazy is that going to be? I I know, both I know both ball clubs are going to be scrapping. Hopefully, both teams are healthy. You got to see, you always want to see a healthy, two healthy ball clubs going at at it, especially at the caliber that both teams are at. It's gonna be a fu- it's gonna be an exciting second half, be half year, second, second half of the year. It's gonna be a great second half of
1: the year here, Sean. So great to review the first half with you.
0: Yeah, Sam. As always, great talking with you.
1: Until next listeners,
0: time. we're yeah, listeners. We're gonna try to do this uh, at at a pretty good frequency. I don't know if it's gonna be weekly, bi weekly, but you know, we'll give you a, a little recap of what's what's happened in the the past week or two, as as well as a preview for the next week or two. So appreciate you listening. I know this went a little long, but um, you know. We are the real podcast uh, of the PFPL, and and as I said at the top of the show, we are just two ordinary guys covering an extraordinary extraordinary fantasy baseball league. So hope you enjoyed listening. uh, And good night. And we will talk – yeah, good night. We'll talk to you.